Witches podcast. We've made it to April. We've made it to April. How is it it already April? Good question. Because I don't have an answer. I don't fucking know. I turn 23 in a month. I remember there was a day I was like, I can't wait to turn like 16. (laughs) And now... And now, like, <laughs> like, look at you now. <laughs> and look at me now. My younger, my younger self could see me. What would she say? Mm. No. <laughs> I mean, it, say, I don't know about this one. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that sound was for me specifically, but yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I try to use that as motivation, that whole, like, try to be the person that you wanted, that you, that you would, not admired, but, like, that you idolized when you were a kid. And I'm just like, I'm trying, okay? It's slow going. <laughs> I'm making the attempt. Doesn't mean it's getting anywhere. So, how was your, how was your April so far? It's, it's fine. <laughs> I go to nights next. Is it? Yeah. I go to nights tomorrow. So, oh. it'll probably be better, but, yeah. <laughs> I need to go to therapy. <laughs> That's what I need to do. What about you? How's your four days in April been so far? <laughs> I remember that I told I told my dad the other day, I was like, we should have did, like, a prank for the April 1st episode, but I didn't think about it. Oh, yeah, it was too far ahead. Yeah, I just wasn't. You know, these past two years, like we have no, we have no time for tomfoolery. No, honestly, no April Fool's jokes. Okay, this these past two years have been a joke. Oh, for April Fools, P, uh, like PC, the first thing they opened up with. So we're leaving at nine a.m. today. So when you get, leave here, make sure you guys check your tools again. Blah blah. And then they paused and they were like, nah, April Fools, we're staying here the whole day. And it's like, wow. Cool. I really appreciate this joke you made. And then for St. Patty's Day, like, dad jokes is what these people do. Fucking, we were standing there, they're like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Good job, uh, good thing everybody's wearing green. And I was like, wow. Y'all think you're funny, but you're not. <laughs> Seriously. Fuckers. Anyway, it's raining again here. The last time we oh, recorded, wow. it was raining too. It's been very warm here. Oh, yeah. I I imagine it would be starting to get warm over there. It's been getting warm over here too. No, but it's been out of season warm. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's only been in like the 60s, which has been warm comparatively. Like, I'll walk around, and I'll be sweating, and I'm like, yo, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the 100-plus degree weather here. I'm going to die. I've just been sitting here and sweating. Look <laughs> <laughs> at that valley heat. Oh, I know. Right? No, the air has nowhere to go. <laughs> stagnant heat. You'll get, you'll get the stagnant, I'll get the humidity. Yay. We'll both be miserable. Yay. I think it's your turn to go first today. I remember looking it up. Yeah. But yeah, it is. I also forget easily. Looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have our calendar pool. So I'm going to talk about charms, amulets, and talismans. Talismans. Because... Deadass, I feel like nobody ever talks about. Ever. And I'm pulling this straight out of a book that we both have. I bought it because you have it. Mm. (laughs) And uh, it is The Modern Guide to Witchcraft, Your Complete Guide to Witches, Covens, and Spells by Sky Alexander. Oh. And chapter 13 is all about charms, amulets, and talismans. Oh. Yeah. I was like sitting there staring at the one that I have right now, but it's it's not the one that you were just talking about. It's the magical herbs one. But yeah. Oh. The the one I the the one you just talked about is in storage in San Diego. <laughs> but yeah, we do Fair both enough. own that one. Yeah, I bought it because you because you have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I took to the beach when we got tanned. Oh yeah. And burned. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a slight tan from that. Do you? It is, it is literally fading like molasses. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because we haven't been outside since then. <laughs> Not really. I wear sunscreen really religiously now, so I will never be tan again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. I have embraced it, okay? I'm just not that girl. I'm not meant to be dark, I guess. <laughs> light, light-skinned. Anyway. So, the beginning she says right here, that myths, legends, and literature from cultures around the world mention talismans and amulets, tokens, and totems. Our ancestors designed them to attract love, ward off evil, and bring health, wealth, and happiness. She says the early Egyptians placed charms in the tombs of royalty to ensure safe passage into the world beyond. And ancient Greek soldiers carried amulets into battle to protect them. And Aztec priests used gemstones to invoke deities and for prophesizing. So, this is like tale as old as time. People using objects. <laughs> <laughs> so, right here she talks about the law of similars. She says, according to this law, colors, shapes, and various characteristics of a plant, stone, or other objects give clues to an item's magical function. For example, red stones might be used in magical cures for blood problems. A heart-shaped leaf might be part of a love spell. 
Advertising certainly understands how symbolic images affect the subconscious in specific ways. That she talks about some advertising method. She says one of the ways witches apply the law of similars is with puppets or dolls made to represent people, which you can fabricate or you can buy. She says the magic happens when you do something to the doll that symbolizes your intention and the results you want to achieve. Then she starts talking about voodoo dolls, which of course is the image that pops up when when you hear what I just said. (laughs) Yeah. She said, let's say you want to send healing energy to a friend who's broken her leg. First, you make a poppet to stand in for your friend. You might want to decorate the doll to look like your friend, dressing it in clothes your friend might wear, or adding hair the color of your friend. Even pasting on bits of her real hair, real hair, real hair, if she'll let you trim it. Then you bandage the doll's leg and send loving healing energy to your friend in the form of a chant, thought, or visualization. That's the gist. That sounds very nice to do. Could you imagine though if somebody said to you, like, "I made you, a, I made a doll of you"? Immediately, I'd be like, mm. Mm, "Do I need to burn it?" Like you literally be like, mm, "What do you, what do you figure you finna do with that?" What, what you got that for, fam? <laughs> What'd you make that for, homie? <laughs> <laughs> so, first thing she starts with is charms. She says early charms were spoken spells. The word charm comes from a Latin term, carmen, that means incantation or song. A charm is like a poem, and many charms rhyme or have a distinct rhythm, making it easier for the witch to commit them to memory so you don't have to carry around your grimoire or a scroll with a big-ass spell on it. She says, uttering chants, affirmations, and incantations serves two purposes, to focus your mind during spells and witches, Witchuals. Okay. <laughs> Witchuals. Rituals. No, that's what they are. You know what? That's their new name. Witchuals. <laughs> to focus your mind during spells and rituals and to send your objectives out into the universe. If you like, you can incorporate other actions and symbolism into a verbal charm. Well, I was going to say spell. See, my brain's already thinking that. You know? Going ahead. For example, a witch might wait until the first night of a full moon to speak her charm, then recite it three times each night thereafter. The full moon represents fullness, completion, and coming into manifestation. The number three represents the body-mind-spirit connection, or if you're Christian, the Holy Trinity, or if you're Hindu, I think a lot of the gods come in threes. As in they themselves, not necessarily three gods, but they themselves have three forms. Three is everywhere. Three is a sacred number. Three is a magic number. That reminds me of a Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Green is not a creative color. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Witches often use the number three because it brings magical thoughts into three-dimensional reality. She has an example here of a simple verbal charm. It says, leaf of ash, I do thee pluck to bring to me a day of luck. So that would be a charm. 
basically, if you've ever watched a movie, <laughs> all witches do is use charms. <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing witchy that you see in media. All witches in media use <laughs> rhyming, sing-songy spells. The thing they forget is that, like, most people can't rhyme on a normal basis. So it's like, mm. no, no, we're serious. <laughs> is that why we were? Is that why all of us are so obsessed with Harry Potter? They don't do that. <laughs> Probably. It's literally just one verbal word or a few verbal Latin words. That's it. I don't gotta rhyme shit. That's it. That's the key. She says right here. She has an excerpt about the word abracadabra. She says, one of the oldest and best-known written charms is the Gnostic spell that uses the word abracadabra. In the original, I'm going to say Chaldean. That could be wrong, but I'm going to say it that way. <laughs> That's the way the I'm original, deciding to say it. <laughs> in the original Chaldean text, abracadabra translates as to perish like the word. And it was customarily used to banish sickness. She says the process was relatively simple. Abracadabra was written in the form of a descending triangle on parchment, which was then laid on the afflicted body part. Then the parchment was stuck in the cleft of a tree and left there so that as time and the elements destroyed it, the magic would begin its work. Well, history lesson for y'all. I didn't know that was what Abracadabra was. So, she also goes on a talk of affirmations. Which I feel like is one of those things that is everywhere. I feel like I, I may not have to explain affirmations. And honestly, that, that's a whole other day. <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms. Well, because, you know, affirmations are magical, but, like, in a way, it's like they're not necessarily magical. They could be very secular. So yeah. that could be a whole other day. But affirmations could be, they could be their charms. They can be used as charms. God damn it. Oh. Don't mind me. You alright in there? No. Mentally? Oh. No. <laughs> Not that either, but yeah. <laughs> so, she says right here that incantations differ from affirmations in that they are usually written as rhymes. So, charms are just verbal spells. You can have affirmations, and you can have incantations. And incantations would be writing. And you write them as writing. She has an example of a simple love incantation right here. She has, as the day fades into night, I draw a love that's good and right. As the night turns into day, we are blessed in every way. She says you can use affirmations and incantations by writing one on a slip of paper and inserting it into a talisman or amulet to carry it with you. Or you could put them under your pillow at night. You can also do that with affirmations if you're trying to manifest something. I just saw that the other day. I was going to try it. You can repeat it throughout the day, like while you're in the shower or when you're driving, or you can write a charm 
on a sheet of colored paper and decorate it with images that resonate with you and post it in a place that you'll see it all the time. Sort of like a, what's that thing? Vision board? <laughs> yeah. That's what, <laughs> as soon as you said that, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, like a vision board. Yep. Basically, if you, like, you know, what it all comes down to is, we continue to talk about intention, but, like, everything also comes down to, like, manifestation. Everything is, like, a form of manifesting something. Duh. <laughs> that feels like a duh, but, like, a, hmm, like, not obvious. Yeah. But if you make a vision board or you do things from a secular perspective or a psychological perspective, I mean, like, it still works. It works no matter how you slice it. Just do the things. <laughs> you don't have to be a witch to make a vision board and to have affirmations, but those can be witchy. They can be magic. So now we move on to amulet. So she says right here, people often confuse charms, amulets, and talismans. Sometimes they use the word talisman to refer to both. Yeah, to refer. For a second, I thought I said that wrong. I was like, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> to refer to both amulets and talismans or the word charm to describe all three. Since ancient times, magicians have created these spells, and as a witch, you probably will too, so you need to know the difference. She says, a charm can either attract something to you or repel something. An amulet's main purpose is protection, or to protect something, to prevent something from happening. I can't read. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> the struggle. So an ambulance main purpose is protection or prevention. What? You know, she, yeah. That made more sense to my brain. Her, the way she, the way she wrote it obviously makes sense, but my brain said no. Nah, fam. <laughs> so an amulet wards off unwanted magic and or harmful situations, such as a car accident or a robbery. An amulet serves as a magic shield that blocks danger. It doesn't go on the offensive. So, what can you use as an amulet? She says the early Greeks called amulets amelon, which means food. But you can't you can't eat an amulet. So, she says this suggests that people had that people used food offerings to ask gods and goddesses for protection. The petitioner might have even eaten or carried a small bit of that food as a token. Which you can do now. You can still do that if you put food on your altar. She says many amulets were chosen for their shapes or for where they were found. For example, our European ancestors often carried holy stones which is any stone with a hole going through it, to guard against malicious fairies who would get trapped in the hole. A crystal found near a sacred, oh God, sacred well known for its healthful qualities might be carried as an amulet to protect the bearer's well. She says they can be worn, they can be placed in your room or house as a valuable item or with valuable items. You can affix them to pet collars, hang them in windows. You can plant them in your gardens, just wherever. So 
She says, amulets and talismans can consist of a single gem or object. In, in uh, Greek times, amethysts were long since worn as amulets were drunk. So it, that's also why they put them on like their drinking goblets to prevent drunkenness. Ooh, right here she talks about garlic to ward off vampires. That is probably one of the most well-known types of amulets. Mm, yeah, yeah. Whether or not you believe in vampires, wear some vamp- wear some garlic, wear a garlic necklace. Wear some vampires. It makes me think about um, there was a there was a book that I read called "I'll Give You the Sun," and in that, like her mom had, or not her mom, but her grandma, essentially had a grimoire that she put all these different like spells and stuff that she used that worked out for her, and one of them was to like carry an onion in your pocket and it'll ward off like unwanted gazes or something like that. Oh. It didn't work. Oh. Well. Well. Yeah, that one didn't work, but there was there was another one that said if a if a boy gives you an orange, your love for him will multiply tenfold and the the guy she had a crush on through like gave her an orange and she was like, "No, no." <laughs> and she shoved it back at him and kept throwing it at him. And then he got he distracted her and managed to get it into her bag. <laughs> And she only found it when she got home, and she was like, oh, Grandma, help me. <laughs> She's literally like, no, fam. But Grandma was on this, on Oscar's side. She was like, you know, you can't do anything anymore. Now that he's Damn giving it, you this Grandma. orange. Damn it, Grandma. Damn, Grandma. <laughs> Whose side are you on, the boys? Not hers. it's a good book anyway so Sky says that the ancient magi believed that when making amulets you must work with the components in a precise order the primary or most important ingredient should come first she says let's say for example you want to create a protection amulet for a relative who's going on a trip and you've decided to use a brass disc as your base Start with that disc, then attach stones, beads, feathers, or other items to it in their order of importance. If you plan to carve magic symbols on the disc, begin with one for safety while traveling. Then inscribe another for ongoing protection while your relative is away. And finish with a symbol for a safe return. She says, just as early witches did, you'll probably want to recite affirmations or incantations over the amulet while you're fabricating it. Because everything is about intention. Intention. There is no magic if you don't put the intention into the object. She says, when you finished, open the circle, which we have never talked about casting circles, but we'll get there. One of us will eventually talk about it. Yep, yeah. I was about to write it in my book of shadows, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I should probably take notes about this. But open the circle and then give the amulet to your relative. She says, witches often make amulets and talismans by filling cloth pouches with magic ingredients. Also, 
you'll see a lot of jar spells on Instagram and things. Those could also be used as amulets and talismans. That's another type of container. But also be careful trying to get the shit in the jar. <laughs> or out of the jar. Because <laughs> it's messy. It is very messy. <laughs> I had a protection jar that I was like, okay, I think this has served this purpose and I'm going to empty it out and recycle the things and whatever. And I was like, why is this hard? Yeah, I, I emptied out all of my jars too because my mom my mom sent them to me. And I was like, you know, these these probably the, these can probably get emptied. So I did. Yeah, I definitely felt like the same. I was like, I made these a while ago. So they probably they, they probably are feeling a bit stagnant. I'm not the biggest jar spell person, but I, I keep the jars just in case. You it never- feels like one of those things is like if I get rid of these, I'm gonna I'm gonna be regretful yeah if you get rid of them you're gonna need them like two days later (laughs) like literally it's like i know i never use them but it's gonna be one of those situations where i don't have them and then i'm gonna want to make a jar spell the same with pouches i have a couple of pouches from like whenever we went to like buy stones and they put them in pouches i always think why do you keep these because you never use you never make satchets you never like use them for spells but i'm like i know but as soon as i get rid of these I'm going to wish I had them. <laughs> so you can use pouches and jars to make protection amulets and talismans. She says, how long will your amulet last? Because amulets remain passive until something external happens that creates a need for their energy, they can stay inert for a long time. However, once the magic energy has been activated and spent, the amulet has served its purpose. After showing gratitude, you can retire it, which is burning it in a ritual fire, burying it, or otherwise disposing of it in a respectful manner. And now we get on to talisman. So, charms are verbal spells that sometimes often rhyme. Amulets are used for protection or prevention, and a talisman is designed to attract something to its owner. Or something that the owner wants. So, she says gemstones and jewelry have long been favored as talismans. The Chinese, for example, prize jade and wear it to bring health, strength, and good fortune. For centuries, women of many cultures have worn lockets that contain snippets of their lover's hair as talismans. If you're into, like, Victorian stuff, these are everywhere. The Victorians love that. They also like would have like vials of blood and other weird things. bodily things. I mean, mostly blood, but I'm sure some other people were weird. <laughs> That's let's just I'm sure other people were weird. Well, actually, Mary Shelley, who is the author of Frankenstein, she after Percy Shelley died, she kept his heart. Literally. Oh. In a jar. Oh. That's that's too literal for me. <laughs> that's like way too literal. She literally like. kept his heart. That's that's, <laughs> that's way too literal and Edgar Allan Poe for me. Like I'm I'm good. 
Uh, she was a hardcore goth, okay? No, the original goth, the OG <laughs> goth. <laughs> she lost her virginity in a gravesite. Mm, okay. I mean... Like, on someone's grave. That was her decision. <laughs> I hope that was her decision. Um... It was her decision. Okay. It's like, I, 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 I hope to God that. <laughs> she was, it was definitely her, her choice. That is a uh, 100% a choice. <laughs> it's not the choice I would be making, but okay. I'm not saying it's the wrong choice, but I would have made a different one. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, if you are a fan of anything Victorian, you know that they were, they loved to carry around lover's hair. They were fucking Or babies. Like your baby's first haircut hair. We still do it today. Some people, some mommies keep their baby's teeth. Not really as talisman, but like, you know. I think my mom had my teeth for a really long time. I don't know about teeth. But I know my mom, like, for each of us, she cut a snippet of our hair and put it in a baby book for us. I don't know if she Aww, still has those baby a, books. I was supposed to say, I want to do a baby book for my baby. There's a lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want to do for my baby. Could you imagine? I just imagined it. Could you imagine, like, snipping your lover's hair in the middle of the night? So you could keep it. Jesus. Better than keeping their whole ass fucking heart. Uh, well, I mean, at least they're dead for that. Yeah. They can't object. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So she says, you can also combine several items that relate to your objective to make a talisman. She says you slip the selected items into a cloth or leather pouch and wear it. Or you could place meaningful items in a wooden box and set it on your altar to attract the object of your desires. If you know feng shui, put the talisman in the part of your home that relates to your intention. A talisman can be made for yourself or for someone else. It's usually best to fashion the talisman while the moon is waxing because the waxing moon encourages increase and development. Because it is going from not full to full. Many old stories say that spirits lived in talismans, and whoever possessed the talisman could command the spirit to do specific tasks, i.e. Aladdin and the genie in the lamp. The genie in the lamp is the lamp is a talisman. That's probably why genies were assholes. <laughs> I would be I would be an asshole too. So she says, what goes into a talisman? You create a talisman essentially the same way that you make an amulet using one or more ingredients that relate to your objective. When choosing your ingredients, pay attention to both the purpose of the spell and your own associations with the objects themselves. If you or the person you're making the talisman for plan to carry it around, small lightweight ingredients are essential. If you plan to wear an amulet or talisman, You'll need to design it with comfort, convenience, and beauty in mind. I just kind of feel like that makes sense to why a lot of, like, also a lot of media tends to make these things like jewelry. 
Right. It's just a lot easier to wear a necklace and make it look pretty. (laughs) I'll have to be worried about it falling out of my purse or my pocket. Fair. Although I have lost a necklace. Like, it's just fallen off my neck, so. (laughs) No, yeah. So quick. (laughs) Or, like, if you have, like, a ring, you take your ring off to, like, wash your hands or something. (sighs) Falls in the sink. Falls down the storm drain. That's what happened to my dad. My dad came out of the hospital after he got his gallbladder removed. And he had lost so much weight and refused to take his wedding ring off. That when he went outside, it fell off his finger into a storm drain. He was not happy. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) So she has section here called tokens as thousands she says you're enjoying a peaceful walk at a place that has special meaning for you when you spot a pretty pebble lying on the ground you pick it up study its markings for a moment rub its smooth surface and then slip it into your pocket from time to time throughout the day you touch the stone fondly back home you place the stone on the mantle or coffee table where it continues to bring pleasant thoughts perhaps you carry it with you on future journeys This token now holds the positive energy you've given it. It has all the makings of a lucky talisman. In fact, many simple talismans are nothing more than ordinary objects that have been infused with meaning by their owners. The good feelings and thoughts associated with such objects are what give them their power. Objects found in this manner, and especially those that come from sacred sites, are ideal to use as talismans. Because they actively send out energy to attract something you desire, Talismans burn out faster than amulets do. If you don't get what you want in a reasonable amount of time, you might need to feed your talisman to reinforce its strength. You can do this by dabbing a little essential oil on it. Essential oils are extracted from plants and contain the life energy of herbs and flowers. Choose an oil from a plant that relates to the purpose of your talisman. I assume you could also... uh, reinforce your incantation and like do another ritual to feed it as well Mm. or charge it in the moon all that good jazz so charms are verbal spells that rhyme sometimes amulets are for protection and prevention and talismans are for attraction and luck that's the difference that's what i got that was that's what you got that's what i got (laughs) what you got i've got i've got the language of flowers and a little bit on flower magic but mostly mostly what this is is the language of flowers he can call me flower if he wants to he can call me flower if he wants to. I love that. It's my favorite. I love anyway. Him. <laughs> so, the language of flowers, also known as floriography, is a form of communication through flowers. Obviously, it's the language of flowers. Anyway. Duh. <laughs> simple as that. But also, not simple at all because, you know, people are. People get complicated. Like, damn. 
Um, also, like, the person has to know what the flower means for the flower communication to work. <laughs> so. Sure. <laughs> as, as you might. If you don't know Japanese, when somebody talks to you in Japanese, you're not going to understand them. Same thing with flowers. If you don't if know you what the flower means. If you give a pretty bouquet of flowers, they're just going to be like, oh, wow, these pretty flowers. What a pretty set of flowers. Exactly. So. Oh, I had this whole bit. So, <laughs> because um, I'm like reading through it, the whole, if somebody doesn't know the meaning of the flower, the message kind of falls flat. But it, it's kind of a shame that, we don't do this whole flower communication anymore because um, I'm like a fan of nonverbal communication, which is makes me an oxymoron because if you don't fucking say it outright to me, I'm not going to catch it. Like, I'm so dense when it comes to nonverbal communication, but I tend towards nonverbal communication myself. I'm getting better, but it's still there. <laughs> so I'm going to talk... Talk, talk, talk to you. <laughs> talk on this. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm having trouble today. Uh, so, floriography has been around for centuries and even makes an appearance in the Hebrew Bible and William Shakespeare's plays. In the 19th century, this form of communication was pretty big. Um, and became very popular in the United States and Victorian England because, you know, Victorians. And people. The Victorians, they found all of the witchcraft and they said yes. <laughs> yes, that. So people would exchange talking bouquets known as nosegays or uh, tussy mussies, according to Wikipedia, that would be worn or carried as a fashion accessory. So just like with anything else, especially in witchcraft, especially in witchcraft, uh, flowers can represent different things. So most of the time, the most common ones, uh, people have kind of come to a consensus on what they mean. But even on the three sites I had up looking at flower meanings, they all didn't agree sometimes, so I just kind of went with the consensus between the three and more or less threw out any weird outliers. Yeah. Yeah. So this all comes from thelanguageofflowers.com, almanac.com, and aggietachhorticulture.tma. T-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Aggie-horticulture dot Tamu dot E-D-U. Anyway, so roses. Roses is the most common one. But even that, I was sitting there looking at these meanings like, what? That's what it's supposed to mean? So, red we all know what red means. It means love, I love you, typically romantic love. Um, I also equate red roses to lust. Dark crimson is a mourning flower, like you're in mourning. But I also typically associate this color with lust because it's just a darker red. But it's supposed to be for mourning. Um, 
Pink is happiness or affection. A thornless rose is love at first sight. White roses represent innocence and purity. I am worthy of, le of you, your heavenly, and secrecy and silence. And then yellow represents friendship, jealousy, infidelity, and joy. So, <laughs> talk about confusing. I suppose it would be like the, the other flowers you put it with would like make it be infidelity. Maybe. I, I think I only saw one other flower representing infidelity. So hopefully those come at the same time. Like, I mean, if you put flowers that like represent heartbreak and then that flower and then like whatever. Yeah. But just imagine somebody just like. sends you a full bouquet of yellow roses and you're like, oh, it means friendship. And the person's like, fuck. No, I know you're cheating, motherfucker. <laughs> That's their own, that's, that's their own stupidity. <laughs> you put like, you put like a, you put, you put like them, they're like right in the middle, but they're surrounded by a whole bunch of flowers that mean I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> oh. You're just like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Strange. It's like, I don't remember sucking anybody else's dick this week, but all right. Hmm. How hmm. did they know? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh rose buds rose buds mean beauty and youth and also a heart of innocent love and then white rosebuds represent girlhood snapdragons are for deception but also gracious lady okay yeah see put those with the infidelity ones <laughs> uh sweet pea means goodbye departure blissful pleasure and thank you for a lovely time. Aw. So, like, so, like, you would, like, give that, like, after a date? Yeah, that'd be, I love Snapdragons. Aw. <laughs> Aw. Wait, that's not Snapdragons, that's Sweet Pea. I also love Sweet Pea, but I mixed it up real quick. Don't give somebody <laughs> Snapdragons right after a date. That would be terrible. <laughs> Unless they were, what do you say, a gracious lady with yeah. a good one? Unless they were that. I guess Unless you could they... do that, that with, like, pink roses. Oh. <laughs> Watch us open a flower shop all of a sudden. Listen. I, we got plans We need to revive this art. We need to revive this lost culture. Honestly. Sunflowers are for adoration for a dwarf sunflower, and then for a tall sunflower, apparently they mean haughtiness. I don't know about oh. you, but I don't equate sunflowers to haughtiness. Um, well, you would if you were, if they were a Leo. I guess. Y'all could be prideful. I mean, like, if they were, because that's also y'all's flower. Yeah. Like, so if they were just being an asshole, you like, <laughs> hey, I got this flower for you, fucking dickhead. I got the really, I got the, re I got the really long ones just for you. Got this really, really tall sunflower for you. You give them a whole bouquet of like the dwarf ones, and they're just like, "Why'd you give me a whole bunch of midget flowers?" <laughs> midget flowers. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you're like, I like you, friend. 
<laughs> Sunflowers also mean fidelity, so that works out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For tulips, uh, red tulips mean believe me and a declaration of love, and yellow tulips means there's sunshine in your smile. Bro, could you imagine somebody sending you a bouquet of red roses and red tulips? Aw. They really want you. They said, please! (laughs) (laughs) I beg of you, please! They said, I'm gonna throw myself in the river! (laughs) (laughs) Please, I just want to love you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Primrose means I can't live without you, which made made me think of... um, Made me think of Hunger Games and her sister Primrose. That's what I just thought too. (laughs) Well. And it's like, hmm. And then she just Mm. goes off her fucking rocker, so, yeah. So, you know. Talk about symbolism. (laughs) Uh, Sage means wisdom and immortality. Rosemary means remembrance. Peonies are for shame, happy life, and happy marriage. (laughs) so those ones and the infidelity ones shame 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 the non-believer dishonor on you dishonor on your cow for poppies the general meaning is eternal sleep oblivion and imagination for red poppies it's pleasure white consolation yellow is wealth and success my favorite flower, you guys. Poppies. Poppies. Orchids mean love, beauty, refinement, and beautiful lady. Okay, so this okay. isn't a flower, but it fucking got me, so I wrote it down. <laughs> Nuts represent stupidity. <laughs> yeah, you... I'd feel really stupid if you sent me nuts. (laughs) I'd be really confused. I'd feel really dumb if you sent me nuts. (laughs) Um, Narcissus means egotism, formality, and stay as sweet as you are. I don't know about you. But if I'm having handing somebody a, a narcissist flower, I'm going to be calling them a narcissist and not telling them yeah. to be as sweet as they are. They'll they'll know. They'll know what I'm saying. I hope. I if, hope. If they're coming from me, they'll know it's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Mistletoe means kiss me, affection, and to surmount difficulties. Marigold means grief and jealousy. And I'm just thinking of all the golden poppies. <laughs> I know they're not. I mean. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, I don't know if you saw on one of our old friends' Instagrams, but she just posted a picture of a field of uh, marigolds. And I'm like. As long as I've lived in California, I've never actually legitimately seen a field of golden poppies. (laughs) (laughs) I know they exist, but I've never seen one. 
I know they exist because y'all said they do. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, a cow lily means beauty. Lily of the valley means sweetness. And you've made my life complete. Jasmine is for sweet love and amiability. Iris, your friendship means so much to me. Faith, hope, wisdom, and valor. Hydrangea is for, is, uh, means, (laughs) thank you for understanding, heartfelt gratitude, but also frigidity and heartlessness. So, uh, but I also, I myself personally have come to associate with uh, the afterlife and ancestors. And I can't tell you why. I don't remember. But I do. Don't know. (laughs) Honeysuckle means bonds of love. Gardenia, your lovely secret... And also another that I associate with ancestors because it was my um, my beast of Buena's favorite flower. And then forget-me-nots mean true love, memories, and obviously don't forget me. Daffodils, unequaled love, you're the only one, and the sun is always shining when I'm with you. Talk about getting a bouquet of daffodils. Aww. Like, you know... And I kind of feel like daffodils are not, like, a beloved flower. Honestly. Like, bring back the daffodil. (laughs) Azaleas mean to uh, take care of yourself for me. Temperance, fragile passion, and womanhood. Why does that seem like such a sad flower? (laughs) That's what you give to someone who's going away. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anemone. Oh, fuck. Anemone. Anemone is forsaken. Uh, Begonia is... calm down. (laughs) Begonia is beware. Belladonna is silence, which... Yeah, you might get silenced by it. (laughs) You might... Depending on how they use it. You might be silenced. (laughs) Bluebell is humility. And then carnations, the general meaning is fascination and divine love. Pink, I'll never forget you. Red is admiration and my heart aches for you. White is sweet and lovely, innocence and pure love. And yellow, you've disappointed me slash rejection. Damn. (laughs) We got disappointed me. We've got all these yellow flowers, meaning all these nice things, and in comes carnation. You've disappointed me. You know what? That's another one to add to the Snapdragon. Yeah. Then the other one. (laughs) How to make an infidelity bouquet. (laughs) Snapdragons, yellow carnations. Yep. And the shame one. The shame. Shame. Shame on you. Shame. Shame on your cow. Shame. Where was it? I'm like, which one was that? Literally, somebody could see that and be like, wow, who sent you this really pretty bouquet? And you're sitting there, like, sweating. Yeah. 
You just throw it away. <laughs> Peonies. That was the shame one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. If somebody came in and said, I need to make a shame bouquet. I need-, I need to make an I'm angry at you bouquet. I'd be like, I got you. I got you, fam. I'll even tell you how, how I'm doing it. Such beautiful anger. <laughs> so, um, I wrote down some magical properties for uh, some of the flowers. Because, you know, things can't go together when it comes to the meanings of things and the magical properties of things. Apparently, they can't go together. So, honeysuckle is for sweetness, devotion, psychic vision, fairy magic, love, and generosity. I remember that one, yeah, for fairies. Fairies. That's always what I remember those for. It's just the fairies. (laughs) Uh, Rosemary is for cleansing, concentration, protection, and memory. Jasmine is for abundance, spiritual love, psychic powers, and wealth. But also, like... If I'm doing a love spell, I'm probably going to put, like, Jasmine in there. But nobody asked my opinion. It's just because Jasmine smells so good, I think. Personally. Yeah. Uh, Rose. uh, For Rose, it's still pretty... It still sticks pretty close to the flower meanings with color correspondence playing a part. Um, but also yeah. it goes into glamour magic and honoring the goddess. Whichever goddess that may be for you. Iris is purification and wisdom. And tulip is nurturing psychic insights and eternal love. So I have a little spot on flower magic itself. Which is going to be my personal opinion. Because okay. opinions. Honestly, that's all witchcraft is. It's it's everybody's opinion. <laughs> but for me, flower magic is uh, stronger during the spring because the flowers like being sold at the market and the grocery store aren't being produced in like hot houses as much. And if you go to like a farmer's market, those people cut those the that morning. So it, the energy for them during the spring is just different, in my humble opinion. I feel like you should, if you were looking for a flower, you should definitely figure out when they bloom. Yeah, when they naturally bloom would be a good... Uh, yeah, like, their, their season. That's the, that's the words. That's the word you were looking for. <laughs> figure out when they're in season, just like you would, like, fruits and veggies. Yeah. You know? So that's when they're, that's when they're magic. <laughs> <laughs> the, di- <laughs> the feeling and energy they carry is going to be different. I remember like we would, like we started looking that stuff up when we were like going to the farmer's market and buying flowers. I mean, like when is this flower supposed to be blooming and stuff? Yeah. Sometimes they're just, you just don't find them because they're not blooming yet. Yeah. That was like the great thing about living in San Diego, though, is that you, we were a constant yeah, 75 degrees, so we were really never lacking for flowers. Right. It's a nice thing. 
But just like with anything in witchcraft, using flowers is gonna end up boiling down to your intention and kind of like what you associate the flowers with. Because if you don't associate like, I don't know, pink flowers with fucking, hold on. I'm trying to think of some something I can use. Like youth? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, like... A lot of times they're like youth. <laughs> yeah, so like you may associate pink roses with youth or you may not associate red roses with lust. So <clears throat> it, it really does in the end come down to how you feel towards the flower because whatever you feel towards it is what you're going to be putting into the spell anyways. Especially like what ma- you just made me think of, especially like we don't all mourn in the same color. So for us, black flowers would be like mourning flowers, but for other cultures, it's a different color. Yeah, it might be white. <clears throat> yeah, or There's I was about to say, else. for us, white is, you know, brides, but for in India, it's the color red. Yeah. And they in get, China, red. China's red too. Yeah. I feel like Asia. Which honestly, the, like the clothes their women wear to when they get married are fucking beautiful. I am a fan. I agree, but I I wanted a winter wedding, so I I never really. I probably wouldn't even wear red then, because <laughs> I want winter. I I've want always, winter. <laughs> I've always wanted, like, a fall wedding, so. Oh, yeah. No, I want winter. I want, like, Ice Princess winter wedding. <laughs> <laughs> two, the two of us, different people, again. <laughs> you know what? No, it's the same time. It's the same half of the year. Same half of the year, but, like, we're definitely thinking, like, different themes. Because Neither of us want to like, get married in the summer like every other basic. No, because it's going to be hot, and why do you want to get sweaty? Like, you're going to be I'm sweaty I'm a Californian, but I don't want to get married on the beach. Hell no. No! You spend all that time on your feet and your legs, and then you put your fucking feet in the sand? You got me fucked up. You got me fucked up! <laughs> I'm not doing it. Anyway... Y'all didn't come here to hear our opinion on beach weddings. But I mean, if you, you know, you may see like white as like a a purity color, but another culture would. So it also depends on your culture. Yeah. You have different color association. I don't know if I would, me thinking of mourning, I don't know if I'd send somebody like flowers if they were mourning. No. Flowers are like too pretty. First. Yeah, I just kind of feel like that, just like, that, I don't know if most people would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like you'd be spitting in their face a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Like, hey, you just died, here's all this pretty shit that you can't enjoy with that person anymore. Anyway. <laughs> like, hey, you're a widow now. I sent you some flowers. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um... <laughs> Anyways, uh, for me, if I'm going to be using a flower in oil or potion or, or something of the such, I'm going to tend to tend towards the magical meaning of it 
But if I'm using the live flower for something as like an offering or a shower steamer, I'm probably going to go towards the uh, flower language meaning. Just as an aside. Oh, I need to sneeze. If I'm going to use it as like an offering, I'm going to look up what But that's some what Some of I them have. do like lights. Some of them don't like specific flowers. Like they don't care, but some of them do. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'll know if you like wake up the next day and your flowers are black. Damn. <laughs> they said, fuck these flowers. Get me some different but ones. But you remember how fast our flowers would die when we'd get them because yeah within like a week suck them dry yeah within like a week they'd be gone they're so greedy like feed us more like damn bro give us more flowers and it's like damn okay okay flowers it's like okay shit shit we'll (laughs) get some new ones your sunflowers would just be gone dry literally i feel like i would go like i would put them out and then I would go check on them in like three days and they'd just be droopy and sad. Like petals falling off and I'd be like, damn, what'd you guys do to these? Someone's gonna send us an email being like, no, that's a bad omen. Like. <laughs> the- Someone's gonna send us an email be like, no. <laughs> oh, probably. But. <laughs> like a. Like, you'll know that if your your deity doesn't like something, because something not normal will happen to it, probably, within, like, the first 24 hours, it's on your fucking altar. I don't know how to liken it to flowers, but it always makes me think of, like, when a candle won't light. Ooh. I was watching, um... You're sitting here trying to fucking light a candle, and it just won't light, and you're just like, okay, cool. It's not this one. I was watching a video on Pinterest. Um, this guy was talking about rejected offerings. And he said that he had placed out a cup of tea. And the next morning he came and the top of the tea was just a film of... Uh, what's the stuff? What covers food when it goes bad? Mold. It was covered in mold the next morning, and he was like, oh, okay, I guess you don't like that. <laughs> Let me get you something different. Damn. Like, so- something something that wouldn't naturally happen, you know. His flowers naturally die over a couple days, and so on and so forth, but... But if you wake up, and they're brown and dead within the first 24 hours, you know they said, no, nah, I don't want these. They said, no, bro. Get me something different. These are ugly. (laughs) But anyways, that's what I have. What kind of media do you have today? So, I really struggled with (laughs) life. Yeah? Because I couldn't think of anything that had charm. Well, lots of things have charms, like I said. But amulets and talismans. And I was browsing our list, and I was like, honestly, I don't, I know this is quantified as a magical object, but don't come at me if it's like, that's not a charm, or or an amulet, or a talisman, because I don't care. (laughs) But the first thing I thought of was uh, the spider whip problem. Oh. Because of that, that 
object that they have to look through to be able to see the creatures. Yeah, the 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 holy stone. It's got a hole. I was gonna say that, but then I I was I just I couldn't remember if it was actually a stone, so I didn't. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they call it a witch's stone, not a holy stone. But yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same, same. Holy stones are also called hag stones. That's what they call it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, The Spiderwood Chronicles is a series of books and movies. Well, a movie. Uh, let me see. It came out in 08. Oh. The movie. Excuse Not me, the book. The movie. The <laughs> oh, wow. It came out on Valentine's Day in 08. Oh. Why that was that? not a Valentine's Day movie. No. It has Freddie Highmore in it. He plays the pair of twins. One of them is autistic. And they move into this house. Just like a whole bunch of other movies that you've probably seen. <laughs> and the house is special. And there's magic. Magic. And they find a, and they find a book, written by, an old ass person. <laughs> an old ass. Written by an old ass man. <laughs> and it has a a, a, ma- a magical findings in it. There are eight books. Oh, wow. I did not read all eight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you. They are a series of children's books written by Tony DeTerlisi and Holly Black. Oh, I forgot that Holly Black did those. That's probably why I read them. Some of them. Yeah. (laughs) She does all things fairy, so like, yeah. She, she fairy woman. She's a fairy witch. I don't know if she knows. <laughs> like Tith she and Ironclad or something? Tith is one of the ones that I read at the same time I was reading Spiderwick, so... Anyway. So this says, The books chronicle the adventures of the Grace children, twins Simon and Jared, and their older sister Mallory after they move into the Spiderwick estate and discover a world of fairies that they never knew existed. The first book was published in 03, followed by the second and third book, which are in 03. And then the fourth and the fifth book are in 04. Okay, cool. So that's them five. And then she released several, they released several companion books. And then there was a second series entitled Beyond the Spider Chronicles. I have three books. So lots of books. So there's fairies, fairies in these books, magical creatures, the fae. I will hesitate, I will pull back from saying fairies because I know even if y'all know better, you still can't help but think of Tinkerbell. <laughs> right. Mythical creatures. The Fae. And they are not happy to see them. <laughs> no. You got brownies. You also, got goblins. You got a griffin. There's a circle. There's circle casting. There's a circle cast around that house. So oh, yeah. That yeah. also has circle cast. 
anytime I think of casting a circle, it makes me think of like, uh, like supernatural, you know, like putting salt on the ground for like a demon. Oh, that's always what I think of. For like, that's the first image that conjures up in my head. <laughs> yeah. And of course, this is a situation where the mom doesn't believe them. Of course, because parents all know what they good for. <laughs> in children's in novels, books. they're not really. Yeah, literally. Like, Anime let's talk about bridge to tear with the parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is set in Maine. Oh, Stephen King, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King, somebody's encroaching on your territory. Stephen King said somebody else wrote something that something said in Maine. My main senses are tingling. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, symbol tag. I miss this movie. <laughs> the brownie that they thought I'm was actually, a squirrel. Yeah. I have actually never read these books. I actually didn't even know they were books until I watched the book. Um, there's some fighting and some people go disappearing. It's just good old-fashioned, like, children's fantasy literature. Literally old-fashioned, because it's old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if y'all like it. I remember watching the movie when it came out, though. Maybe, did I see it in theaters? I remember. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably, because I feel like I did. And, uh, yeah. I also love books that are about a magical book, to be honest. It's sort of like, um, what does it remind me of, to be honest? It reminds me of both a series of unfortunate events, and it also reminds me of, like, I have one I have stuck in. I can see it, but I can't think of it. I always like when the story is, like, in the story. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Storyception. Like, like it's called the Spiderwick Chronicles, but they have, like, the, there is a book in the in the book. Yeah. They, ha- they have a book. <laughs> it's Arthur Spiderwick's Field Guide to the Fantastical World Around You. That's their book. So it's like you're reading a book about a about it's like you're reading the book but you're not anyway because <laughs> it, it reminds me of um a series of unfortunate events because the author is like the narrator yeah so he's writing the book but like he's telling you the story while he's writing them right anyway. right 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 <laughs> oh a princess bride that book is like the book is is a is a, the story but it's also like talking as if it's talking about it after it happened right like a newspaper or something yeah it's about the it's like somebody already wrote it and you're kind of reading what they anyway y'all gotta (laughs) read it because i can't i can't describe it very well (laughs) (laughs) y'all gotta read the books they're the books or the books wow eloquent (laughs) y'all know what i'm talking about anyway (laughs) so spider chronicles they have the yeah the hex and they can see the thing. And it's just regular ass children saving the damn day. Yeah. That I love, but also kind of don't love. <laughs> love, but also children shouldn't have to do that. 
love, but I'm also like, we're beating the dead horse. The horse <laughs> is dead. The horse has been done dead. Also fairies, like the horse, that that horse is, oh my god, don't ever <laughs> that horse up, you guys. The horse has never been able to get back up again. Bro, it's not even a horse anymore. <laughs> it's mincemeat. <laughs> fairies, vampires, werewolves, just let it all... They fairy need, tales. They need like, a recovery all, if period. We did it. We did it. Mermaids. We put. We did them. Don't do no more. So, what do you have? I am also talking about a book today. Great. <laughs> <laughs> One that I haven't finished yet, so I can only tell you um, minor details about it. But it's called The Witch's Daughter. And it's by Paula Braxton. And, uh, yeah, it's about a witch's daughter. <laughs> Bess is... <laughs> the, the book starts out um, in, I don't know what kind of modern day, like how modern it is, whether it's like 1970s or it's 2000s. I don't remember when the beginning of the book is placed. But... Um, it switches time periods to earlier when Bess is actually, like, a young girl before she starts to get, like, learn how to be a witch. And, uh, during, during witch hunting season in England. So, take okay. with that what you will. But the sections of the book are based around the half-day celebrations for the Wheel of the Year. So, Beltane, Imbolc, uh, Lamas, something else. I don't remember the other one. <laughs> this is why I'm not a, this is why I'm not a Wiccan, because I'd be a bad Wiccan. Anyway. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but it's based around the half-day celebrations. And it talks about, like, herb magic a lot, and... And it did, I think she did talk about amulets for a second there. Oh. But I'll just read the synopsis because that'll be the easiest. If I can open up my phone. Okay, so the synopsis for this is, My name is Elizabeth Ann Hawksmith, and my age is 384 years. Each new settlement asks for a new journal, and so this Book of Shadow begins. In spring of 1628, the Witchfinder of Wessex finds himself a true witch. As Beck, Bess Hawksmith watches her mother swing from the hanging tree, she knows the only man, that only one man can save her from the same fate at the hands of the panicked mob, the warlock Gideon Masters and his Book of Shadows. Secluded at his cottage in the woods, Gideon instructs Bess in the craft, awakening formidable powers she didn't know she had, and making her immortal. She couldn't have foreseen that even now, centuries later, he would be hunting her across time, determined to claim payment for saving her life. In present-day England, Elizabeth had built a quiet life for herself, tending her garden and selling herbs and oils at the local farmer's market. But her solitude abruptly ends when a teenage girl called Tegan starts hanging around. Against her better judgment, Elizabeth begins teaching Tegan the ways of the hedge witch, in the process awakening memories and demons long thought forgotten. 
Oh, I was going to go into that, but it's fine. But that's the, uh, yeah, it, it is good. I, um, so far it's really, it's interesting. So it starts out in, I, I think it gave a date. <laughs> it starts out in present day England and then it switches back, back to 1628 England. Which, where I am in the book currently, is that her mom's about to, uh, she's getting tried right now as a witch. I will say, be careful when reading your this book if you're uh, sensitive to certain topics because it does go into trigger warning-ish areas. So like... In one part of the book, Bess describes, like, trying to save a girl who's getting raped. And then in another part of the book, uh, she walks in on a cockfighting ring. So, and she also gets sexually harassed in that part of the book, too. So just uh, be careful when reading the book if you're sensitive to topics like that. I got blindsided and I was like, whoa, okay, this is what's happening. All right. <laughs> this is what's happening. All right, this is all right. I'll just uh, sit back and <laughs> listen, I guess. But yeah. I'll just sit back and fuck off. <laughs> so far, it's pretty interesting. That's my recommendation. Well, if y'all want to hear more from us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter just by searching up Mixed Witches Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email, mixedwitchespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Society6 at Mixed Witches Podcast. Or you can toddle on over to our website, which is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com, where you can find all of our episodes. And eventually we're going to start putting up like blog posts and stuff like that. So I know we keep saying it. At some point, we got to do it. I know. <laughs> I was I at was, some point, people are going to be like, "When? When?" <laughs> it was the same thing with like our uh, the website. They keep saying they're going to open up one up. When are they going to do I it? I know. And then it finally Listen, happened. We're doing our best. <laughs> we're, we're we're garbage when it comes to like technology. So just bear with us. <laughs> one day we're going to start, and then it'll be the end. We'll just never <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Anyways, hope It'll you be guys... like opening Pandora's box. Oh god. Jeez. <sighs> Anyways, hope you guys got something out of this. Hope you learned some flower meanings and the difference between charms, amulets, and talismans. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Our minds were getting faded Did not appreciate all that they created We're chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Thinking more, but doing less Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Chasing after that witch's brew You 
got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down the easiest street again Damn, X marks the spot, or is it O? Getting high then, feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Damn, 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 damn,